Sometimes Heroes, Season 2, Episode 51. My name is James, and I'll be your Game Master. Let's introduce our players. Hi, I'm Molly, and I play Eden, the noble human sorceress slash wizard. Hi, I'm Amanda, and I play Glenna, the dwarven bard. Hi, my name is Mark, and I play Yeesh, the human fighter paladin. I'm Alex, and I play Dupe, the dwarf fighter. Soon to be dead. Ah, yep. Wow, what the hell, James? <laughs> oh. Sorry, I just remembered that, like, everyone is dying. Yeah. And I'm Winter, and I am Kobold. Kobold Kibbled. Kobold Kib. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Mm. And last time on Sometimes Heroes, what happened, guys? All my friends are dead, glad except to for know you Mark. Don't, say, glad to know you don't count me as a friend. I, I mean, uh, Gige. <laughs> Gige is my friend, but all my other friends are dead. All my other, other friends. I'm just lightly chewed. Yes, indeed, three of you are down, Sariel, Dupe, and Eden, but luckily so is the Empress, and we will resume order, because this is a moment in which, if you do not apply aid in a timely fashion, people may die. Goodbye. We start, oh no, Eden, you're going to be fine. I think you've got one save successfully and no negative saves, and no one currently uh, nos- noshing on your bum. Stow your optimism, that's not fun. <laughs> Stow that optimism. <laughs> so, first person who goes is a zombie. Zombie, zombie. zombie. I love that song. <laughs> I like it too. Let's see if you like this song. Slam at advantage. I don't like it. <laughs> Dupe, does 18 hit your AC? No. Gij, Galena, you both see a zombie just going to town on Dupe's armor, but it appears to be not taking advantage of his open face and is instead just thrashing away on his breastplate. Ah, he's stupid. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Tame Kobold is going to take another chomp at Sariel because she is unconscious and it says yum yum meal. Does a 22 hit your AC? Oh yeah. You take another 6 damage and fail another death save. I think that puts you at two failures, so you are one fail away from death. And, Dupe, it is your turn. You are currently unconscious but stable. You can make a death save to try to just will yourself awake. Basically, you need a 20. Okay. Someone said your butt was ugly. Whoa. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you can un- inspire uh, people who are unconscious. Damn it. Well, roll a 15. Ah, bummer. The Empress Aramane is up. She makes a death save. Wait, what? Why does the enemy do death save? Wait, and how is she up? I said I threw my- I drove my sword into her chest. Shouldn't she it be is prone? her turn. She is unconscious and dying. Okay. You start to notice that she is bleeding heavily. Okay. But not as heavily as you'd like. She succeeds on her death save with a 15. Damn. Eden, you are up. Make another death save. I rolled a 19. Is that good or bad? That's good, but not quite. You instantly get up good. Okay. You are one save away from being stable and- not dying. Cool. Okay, Galena, you're up. You have a turn to do a thing. Okay, so I am going to... Who looks the most close to being alive? Wait, no, I'm close to Sariel. I'm gonna go over... I'm gonna stab this wolf. This dragon pup, you mean? Kobold. Kobold. I I don't know why we use so many weird names for kobolds. I think it's Sariel's fault. It 100% is, though. I am dying the way I lived. (laughs) You're not gonna die... Okay, so I stab the kobold for 15 with my cane. So kobold is going to make a save against poison with its tough boyness. It does not save and takes an additional 7 damage. This kobold straight dies like a chump. Your stab does not do it, but 
moments later, as the kobold is turning around to face you, it stumbles and then drops to the ground, seemingly not of its wounds. That's what you get for trying to eat my friend! <laughs> I cast Healing Word at level 2. Okay. What I do is I grab Sariel and start humming, then things start looking healthier. I'm imagining you just picking her up in your arms and just rocking back and forth as you're humming this song. <laughs> Sariel is still at negative 46, but stable. Damn. Damn. <laughs> it's going to take a lot of humming. That was good timing, Sariel, because it's now your turn and you don't need to make a death save. Noise. And Gige, we're back to you. So this whole time, since you came out of the dragon's mouth without your blindfold, you've been kind of singular in purpose and emotion. Fight your enemy, murder them. But now that you've defeated the enemy, the person who's plagued you this entire time, the effects of the curse are now back in full effect. All of the things you are seeing around you begin to multiply as your focus begins to fade, as what you now understand was the dragon itself actually helping you maintain your cohesion, your focus on the now. You look down at this body under you, your sword impaled in the chest. Suddenly, you are distracted by the different layers of strata as they begin to move around the rock itself. Above you, suddenly there are sweeping hordes of people, and your mind is assaulted by these images. Make a wisdom save. Hey, James, why did you melt my blindfold and turn me into a stone man if I solve this problem? Because <laughs> you asked for it. Wink. Okay, wisdom save yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh. Dang, son. I'm still on a mission, James. You're on a mission from Saloon. I critically succeeded my wisdom save with a 22. Yeah, boy. All right. You are not just in the moment. You are truly attuned to the moment, and you have advantage on the next anything you try to do. Awesome. For the next minute or so. Oh, okay then. Um, I can do things now. I take actions. Uh, I don't think I've used my action surge, have I? You have. I have used action surge. Okay, then. He's doing death saves. So if someone succeeds on their death saves, what happens? They just become stable, right? They're not awake? They just become stable, yes. Well, I'm glad I saved one spell then, because I'm going to cast... I mean, I'm pretty sure it's overkill. I'm going to cast... Got, well, I don't know how tough that zombie is that's attacking Duke, do I? Uh, no. Have you fought okay. zombies before? Yes. And when? I know my magic is effective against zombies. Oh, yeah. You you definitely know that your magic would be more effective than usual against the undead. Especially because I think it's currently a full moon, right? You said I'm mm -hmm. casting you at a higher level. You cast at one level higher. So I'm going to cast uh, Sacred Radiance at the zombie. Make that advantage. Okie dokie. Advantage. Can I not do cantrips at level one? Oh, I thought you were doing Guiding Bolt. No, I was going to go with Sacred Radiance, but yeah, I guess I'll do Guiding Bolt instead. If you're worried okay. about maybe not killing this thing, you should definitely do Guiding Bolt. Yeah, so I'll do Guiding Bolt. And let me get out my little sheet of horny things I say when I do magic. Being that my sword has been well put through your chest and Dupe is in trouble, I dig deep once more into myself and, and keep my, my wits about me. And with no symbol left... You have a symbol on your shield. Oh, right, right, okay. I, I clutch my shield and I aim it at the zombie. And I say, in the name of Saloon, I will punish you. No longer will you hide in shadow. And I cast Guiding Bolt on the zombie. And that's at advantage. Yee. I rolled a 20 at advantage. Gish, you turn your shield on this zombie, this ex-soldier of Umbria that has been attacking Dupe, that has been battered by the wind, 
as well as been attacked by a couple of other things with this radiant light and the moon you sense its light above you sort of angle your shield so you are reflecting its light onto the zombie and it just is bathed in radiance the zombie stumbles back and flops over and is dead i'm on a mission james i'm gonna get it done okay and at this point you guys have plenty of actions and everyone is stable or eden is not stable but has three rounds to become unstable under the worst of luck as you are rallying your senses, casting, I assume, Spare the Dying on Eden. I actually wouldn't do that. I would do something else. What? Oh, no. Yeah, I would do something We before. are no longer friends. <laughs> I would do, well, I did just drop her after she, she killed you. So I'm okay. I, I mean, you tell me if this is not okay, James. I want to do something dramatic, and then Gij does something to Airman. Okay, well, tell me what you're going to try to do first, and I will inform you. He's going to draw a sword out of her chest and chop off her head. So, you have a choice to make here as Gige, because okay. you've told me Gige's background. He has mm-hmm. training in politics, in language, mm-hmm. by virtue of having been trained next to a noble, to be a nobleman's mm-hmm. man. And one thing you know is that one of the worst possible things for peace is to kill the other person's leader after a battle. But... Okay. The one way around that is right now, there's still a wall of populace and horrible abomination flesh in between you and any witnesses besides your party. Mm -hmm. So if you were to somehow make this look like you didn't kill her, oh, that huge monster did. That would be different. That would be, oh, she's just her own hubris, you know? Basically, killing the other side's leader in cold blood after they have already been dispatched from the battlefield is more of a horrible ancestral vengeance kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, now that you've told me that you should be aware of that, I will say hmm, he draws his sword from her chest, and he's still kind of she in that She starts bleeding really bad because you pull the sword out. I leave the sword in her chest then, <laughs> and I go and I and I, I do spare the dying on Eden. Okay. So forget everything I just said. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. I just don't want you to suddenly be caught off guard by the sudden and bitter hatred of a nation that is born onto you. I kind of feel like that's the thing that would happen to Gish, though. But no, you make the point. He would know that. Um, I, I assist Galena in stabilizing people. Okay. So you guys witness the end of the battle. There is another 10 to 20 seconds as the battle rages on. The manticore knights continue to strafe the soldiers begin to continue to fire back but there is a moment at which the manticore knights realize that aramain has been struck down and they begin to fly back to the ship do we have the opportunity to put her in another circumstance which makes it look like we didn't do that like we weren't the ones who killed her uh you had your one moment where people were assuming that she was going to kick your ass and then she didn't but i'm saying use that to heal someone else do you want to try to do something specific? I'm curious. I don't know what exactly you're trying to do. Well, you said if it's if it's seen how she is currently, are they going to suspect that we've done it? And then, of course, there's a country that hates us. Well, she's not dead yet. You are oh, currently okay. watching her bleed out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That wasn't clear to me. I apologize. She is currently making death saves. Speaking of which, well, one turn has passed. I'm going to make another death save for her. Aramain regains consciousness. And okay. it's one HP. She crits on her death save. She still has a sword in her chest. She looks up at you and glares. Push it. Push it real good? Yeah. 
No, um, whose turn is it now? We're out of turn order. Right now, everybody but you and Galena are unconscious. You can see the Umbrian troops about to break through the line of horrible monstrosities. Okay, then what is the the nothing that listens? What does that look like right now? It's gone. There's absolutely nothing left of it? Only the monstrosities around you still have the little green eyes on them, and those are closing rapidly as they are struck down. What does the dragon look like? The dragon is back on its side. Looks like its breathing is shuddering, like it is breathing its last. Hmm. I'm trying to think what to do with her so that it looks like we didn't do this. I would love to throw in front of some zombies just to utterly humiliate her and say, like, look, your own zombies killed you. Don't you feel dumb? There are some Um, zombies about 20 feet away, but they're about to be cut down by soldiers. I mean, Uh, are we sure we want to kill her, I think, is... I'm sorry, what was that unconscious person? Look, I'm just saying... I mean, Sariel can't say anything, but that's that's kind of a major choice I feel like we should be aware we're making. Um, I guess Galena and Gij will play this out then. Unless you want to revive them, and then I decide, Galena. I think we should make sure she's dead. Okay, then. With her glaring at Gij, he will put his hand on his sword, and he finds he's he's about to pull it from her chest. Still in that, you know, I must I must make sure the enemy has been destroyed mindset, and he stops himself. And he says she's she's conscious, right? Yep, she's staring up at you. You can see the remnants of their air force looking in your direction. What they see right now is you with your sword in her chest. Oh no, it's been spoiled then. It's kind of hard to get around that specific aspect, especially after you've rescued someone else. Sure. Gij will look her dead in the eye and say, I'm going to give you a choice. You can either stop everything you've done and go back and rule your country, or you can die here and at least know that I spared your daughter. Roll a persuasion at advantage. Welcome to DC 15. Because she did get an egg thrown at her, and she's real mad. I rolled 23 in persuasion. Yeah, that, that works. She looks up at you, furious, but as you mention her daughter, her face softens momentarily, and the fight goes out of her eyes. She, because you're looming over her, stays down, but says, May I get up to signal my troops? Gij only responds, Give me your word there will be peace now, or so help me, Pelor Saloon, I will end you next time. I assure you of retreat. Okay, then. He agrees. She stands up. She is dusting herself off, puts a hand to her chest, and clenches it. A light shows, and the wound closes, glares at you, and says, What you've done to yourself to defeat me. It almost makes me not regret it quite so much. A moment later, a manticore lands behind her with a hobgoblin in full plate who ushers her onto the back, and she flies up to the ship. I feel like I should have told her she needs to meet with the king, and that her nation needs to help repair the damages, but I think that moment's passed. That moment has passed, unfortunately. Galena, he's not killing that lady. Galena shrugs her hands at Gij. Why? Gij looks introspective and then says, I don't know. I think it was the right thing to do. And he will start to try and help Eden up. In the next... No, five more minutes. <laughs> Good. You feel terrible. In the next minute or so, the Umbrian military breaks through from all different directions, all four different streets. You see from the east, King Solemn and his honor guard just cutting a swath through the citizenry. From the north, Connor is leading from behind generally putting shields around and launching arcane might forwards. From the west, you see a group of troops that appear to be from the mercenaries, for the most part. A hodgepodge of 
Hadrian Knights and other people being led by Agent Kane. And from the south, you see a number of mercenaries and Umbrian soldiers from the Desert Boars who are being not led by, but supported by Odette. As they push into the crater and see you all victorious, the ship above you beginning to turn and leave. King Solomon points upwards and says, What? She is escaping? Galena shrugs. So out of character, I'm feeling like I've made a horrible choice. Someone should tell me out of character, I have not made a horrible choice, so I don't feel terrible for the rest of this game. <laughs> the rest of you are now conscious, barely. You can talk and listen to people, but actions, the physical actions are a little bit tough. James, you should tell me I didn't make a terrible choice. Nah, that's not my job. There's no such thing as bad decisions. Just decisions that lead to different adventures. Mm -hmm. That was surprisingly astute. I mean, not surprisingly. That was very astute. And I expected it from you. I'm, still I'm literally stung. dog kibble right now. It's fine. Nah, you're not being chop chomped on anymore. Somebody stabbed that pupper. God damn it, that's not better. I'm still a stone man, right? Yep. So far, you are not the most interesting thing in this courtyard, so you don't you aren't getting a lot of attention. It should but probably be noted that there's a lot of really interesting things in this courtyard. Mm -hmm. Currently, you are also wielding a shield that says, I am a cleric of saloon, so it's kind of hard to misidentify you. So I will make my way towards the king. Dag, yo, how do I explain this? As you are walking towards him, he points to Connor and yells, Assemble with my wizards! We must take her down! And maybe four or five less skilled wizards than Connor are rushing towards him as they prepare to cast more significant magic to take the ship down. Um, I will jog toward his side and say, I've spared her in return of her giving me her word that she'll end this relentless war. He looks over at you and says, You spared her on her word? Look around you! And when you do, you can see that possibly more than half of this city is dead now. You not still have her daughter? I want you to make a persuasion as you try to inform him that this is, in fact, a good deal. I rolled a 21 persuasion. Well, dang, son. He calls a mom momentary halt to the mages. He's clearly clenching and unclenching his fists, and he's looking down and he's squint, like scrunching his eyes really hard, and he's like, I understand what you have done. <sighs> I guess it doesn't matter. We all die in a couple days anyway. He turns back into his men, and they sort of envelop him, and he walks, starts walking back towards the keep. Do I know what that means? Uh, yeah. There's a huge horde of orcs coming to murder everybody. Did y'all forget about that? Yeah. Yeah, actually. I would have told her to do something about the orcs if I remember that. Face palm. Does anyone else want to do anything right now in this crater? I want to make sure everyone stays alive. That is a given. Can I actually do anything? Yes. Given a couple minutes and the ministrations of Galena and Sariel when she's up, you are alive and well. You don't feel good, but you're up and around. I shall begin leaving. Which direction? Which direction are they flying? They are flying southeast. That way. Okay, so in the midst of all the confusion, all the soldiers milling about, mostly they are dealing with the dead. They are attempting to bury what is left of people after paladins purge them of the corrupted body parts, which is occasionally not much. But in the middle of this, all of you at some point notice that, oh, uh, Dupe just left, and when you ask around, they're like that way. He left towards the south gate. Why? Why the do you leave... The random soldier you ask goes, uh, I don't know. 
I just saw him go that way. Go ask. But this person's gonna die if I take the pressure off. <laughs> Galena will put her hands on the person. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, like, gets up, his hands covered in blood, he's like, oh, okay, and he runs. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to feel really nervous like I've made a horrible choice. Maybe. I'm not going to tell you what's a good choice and what's a bad choice in this situation. So, Dupe, as you are stalking towards the gate, purposefully, but running is kind of beyond you at the moment, a soldier catches up with you, exhausted, covered in blood, deep, hollow eyes, like he's seen too much, and he says, uh, it, Sir, Sir Dwarf, why why are you leaving? It's none of your business. Uh, no, <laughs> no, it's, it's not my business, no, sir. It's, uh, the Lady Galena. She wishes to know. It's none of hers either. He continues to jog trot next to you as you walk really fast. But is that what you want me to say? I don't care what you say. He just stops and nods and looks tired and sits down. You are very out of shape. <laughs> He's been fighting a running battle across the city for the last three I hours I died or so. like three times. Well, you are supernaturally tough, sir. <laughs> What's your con? Um, 18. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are possibly the most physically fit person in this city. Hooray! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alright, so the rest of you, anybody else wanted to do something specifically in this crater right now? Not specifically. Sorry, you do have a manticore you have dominated, and the army is very, uh, very dubious about that. Oh, dude, he's still around? I thought we lost both of them. Nope, you just got papped off of this manticore. I'm going to console myself with the lack of murder puppy by giving manticore brushies. Uh, and I guess I should probably do something to keep them from killing the manticore and maybe also me again. <laughs> What's that? As you limply hang on the side of the manticore, giving it fingernail brushies as the Umbrian soldiers who remain sort of nervously point spears at it. No, it's cool. He's with us. It's it's fine, guys. Be chill. Do you want to roll a persuade? <laughs> Is that your persuasion? Cool. I'm into it. Let's do this. The... I kind of want to interject on that scene. You want to assist? Yeah, because now that the king has said that they're probably going to die because of the orcs, and the Aramane has given her a word that there won't be any more war, he's like, dang, I got to get to that ship, and the manticore's away. How do you assist her as she limply hangs over this manticore as it looks threatened by all the dudes who want to stab it? Oh, I'm just going to walk straight between Saril the Manticore and all the dudes because I'm pretty sure I look like a stone-cold badass right now, pun intended. You kind of look like a demon. That has been something you've heard a couple times as people have passed by. Wait, yeah, was that demon. winter? Nothing appropriate that will have to be cut out later. Yeah, I'm uh. throwing my dick around. <laughs> okay. But also a demon they saw just talk to the king. That's true. After a short period of time, you realize that their first impression was that you had been burnt horribly. They thought you were just you, but you would just manage to be so tough that you got third degree burns all over your body and you're still okay. But at some point they realize now that you're made of rocks and they are unsure about how to feel about that. Sariel, make a persuasion at advantage as Gij is helping you. Sariel coming back from the dead with those 12 persuasion rules. That's not terrible. They agree to not kill it right now, but they are going to have it under guard. Because they realize that this is basically a horse. It's a very dangerous horse, but they, they get that from you. You know, it really isn't on their side or on your side. It's just trained. It's just an animal. Aw ye, additional brushies. I divulged my plan that I liked, that I want to take the Manticore to quickly have word with the queen to the rest of the group. If you go up there, you are 100% getting murked. Bye. 
I don't think I'm going to get murked. I think you're definitely going to get murked. I think you're going to die. Well, what option do we have with the impending orc army coming? Either we get None. her to help, either we get her to help, or we have to fight them. All right, bye. <laughs> no. Which bye. way is Eden going now? <laughs> Eden takes the manacore and goes home. Eden just is walking out of the crater. How far and is the ship from- let the orcs have the city. Just let them- It's fine. Okay, then, I guess what I'll do instead- Is Connor nearby, James? Yes. He is currently keeping a building from falling down with force magic as people are being evacuated from it. I guess I'm going to head to Connor and tell him that Dupe is leaving the town because I'm pretty sure he wanted to go with Dupe to find his aunt. Oh, uh, hey, Geesh, I'm- I- that's great. I would love to see Dupe again, but I, I think he's going to have trouble getting out of town because there's lava everywhere. That's right. We'll find him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't know? You look bad. Did you get... Oh, yeah. no, you're stone. Yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to cure my eyes. Sorry. He gets distracted momentarily and the ceiling begins to buckle and then he refocuses up. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll look at that later. What were you going to say? For what it's worth, you can study me and I'm pretty sure that'll look really good in your research. He looks surprisingly mollified and happy about this. Just like, oh yeah, you're right. That will be nice. I guess I return to the group. Okay. Gij, are you going to try to take the Manticore to fly to the Empress's ship? I'll look to the rest of the group. Do I see any anyone else other than Agent Kane? Any of the other middle children nearby? Nope. Just Agent Kane. Odette um, and Connor are here as well. I will communicate the idea to Kane. See if he thinks it's a good idea. What? No. She would murder you. There's no reason why she wouldn't. Even though I just spared her? Sorry, old they, finger guns at Kane. Do they really have that little honor for people who claim to have that much honor? I don't think it's so much about honor as you have nothing to offer. And she was already allies with these people, supposedly. And now she's turned on them. I'm not even sure if she's allies with the orcs now, but she's certainly not on our side. Fine. All right. All right. There was a chance to negotiate from a position of strength, which you did. You told her to retreat. She'd be less receptive on her own turf, where you could tragically fall to your death, and that would be your own fault. You've given me a strong enough case for Odette and I not to go on a suicide mission. Suicide missions are bad. This whole thing has felt kind of like one, but I feel like we might have somehow come through with the least bad scenario? I think there was five or six choices back where that would have been the case. But everyone didn't die, so... Maybe more what you should worry about instead of the Empress is the king. I heard his speech from across the town. It seems like he's ready to die on this hill. Yeah, uh, I guess I'm going to have... I guess me and the others are going to have to try and work out some sort of peace with the orcs. No clue what we would use, though. Okay, so minutes into when the army arrives and you guys are doing other things, the dragon breathes its last. I collect its bones and scales. Galena spends the many months and many thousands of gold that is required to work dragon flesh. <laughs> oh, can I give him final rights, however, if that's possible? Yeah, I think that's something that Gish would try to do. And when you do it, you realize that it's not dead. It just moved on. Like, you feel it with your feet. You see with your eyes. It's been You've been riding on that 20 crit for a while. And you realize that, oh, the dragon didn't die, its soul just returned to the earth, kind of? Now it's just part of the rock, and it's moving on to a new place, a new vessel, so it's not dead? Just the body's dead. Gotcha. Okay. 
Uh, well, but as you're thinking about that, the world gets really messy and hard to handle. Um, I guess I'm going to put my hand over my eyes. Oh, it's much easier now. And is Odette occupied? Odette has been sort of preoccupied with keeping her arrow bearer from breaking down and crying. <laughs> but it seems like at some point that girl gets taken off away from all the carnage and she meanders over as you're looking at this dragon. With my hand over my eyes, I just put my hand in the air and I go, Odette, Sarl, or someone, someone, I, I'm pretty sure the dragon destroyed my blindfold. I, I might need someone to be my eyes for a bit. Odette quickly does the crook of the arm thing and puts your arm through it and proceeds to walk you around. Okay, then. Um, with his hands all over his eyes, he goes to the group and says, uh, should we meet with the king? I think we might need to uh, help him get a hold of the situation. I think we should follow Dupe. I think we should go to the castle. I also think we should go to the castle. If you want, Glenda, you can go get him. I mean, du Dupe is a big boy. He'll be fine, I assume. Hopefully. Maybe. I just think I mean, that's the less pressing of the two issues right now. I mean, unless he starts to march through lava, like Connor was suggesting, I think we'll get a chance to catch up with him. I mean, if you want to. Well, you did do that weird blood thing to him, so he might not want to come with you, Elena. No. Hmm. Out of character, Alex, are you okay with the idea that people aren't going to immediately pursue you? Yeah, that's cool. Well, okay. I mean, hopefully we'll be able to find him before he self-immolates or something. <laughs> Let's, I guess, head to the king. Okay, so you guys head back towards the keep. You don't actually have to go the entire way. There's a point at which probably the building that closest to the keep that got crushed by the dragon, the king has just sort of joined in on the process of unburying people that are, are in it. He is just in there, like, stripped off some of his plate armor and is now just, you know, lifting various rocks and beams alongside the rest of the soldiers. Looks sweaty, looks angry. At any point during the walk to the Castle James, am I able to de-stone myself? Nope. Oh, okay. I'm still a grotesque monster. Gotcha. Uh, you're a pretty handsome chunk of stone, as, as stone chunks go. Okay. Pretty human-ish. All right. Is there an opportunity before we speak to the king for me to put on clothes? Or am I still walking around in tatters? There are lots of clothes around. Most of them are on dead people. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure we left our items back in the castle because we wouldn't walk around with our packs. You had some degree of packs because you still had the mushrooms on you. Mm -hmm. Which, speaking of which, thank goodness Sten made that mushroom box because Gige was holding it and it got it. So Mastercrafted oh, items were not destroyed by that thing which Sten has carpentry proficiency, so he made a mastercrafted box out of good materials. Oh, thank goodness. You would have made me feel even worse if you had said All the mushrooms thing. died? Chonk? Yeah. No. My girlfriend would kill me if I killed the <laughs> mushrooms. She'd be so mad. Good. Good. Could we say that Saril is carrying the mushrooms since I'm somewhat playing with a handicap at the moment? Sure, since Yay. they fell out of a hole in your backpack, because as your backpack began to melt away... I also want to say Sariel, like, typically Sariel has a cloak, and I'm trying to remember if I used it for something else earlier, and I honestly can't remember. I believe everybody just has the cloak, but you had a disguise, like a, I want to look like not an elf, at least from down the street kind of thing. All right, all right. Um, okay. Sariel can give her cloak to Gish. Oh, no, it's fine. I have no shame. I mean, these people owe us if I look like some rock monster in tattered clothes. And the king knows what's up. The highest authority in this land knows what's up. Okay. I think someone just giving you a cloak to wrap around your midsection so your sure. uh, rock junk doesn't hang out. Okay. Uh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a, look, um, look, a toga. Look, if Geesh if just wants to f do business, 
Pick out in the wind. Maybe maybe I want a Mr. Manhattan this situation, James. Maybe I want to assert dominance when I speak to the king. <laughs> That's maybe possible. I want to make it, maybe, I'm, it? maybe I want to make it really hard for him to disagree with me with my stones hanging out. That's a thing you could do. Is that what you want to do? <laughs> um, this is how you get the weird fan art. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, let's say for now, I'm 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 still like because Guiche typically will just start undressing and put on armor in front of people as if it's no big deal. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm continuing continue to walk around in the tatters. Okay, and you decide whether it's tastefully covering up your bits or your doctor demanding yeah. it. All right, dupe. As you are stepping out of town, the southerly direction, a one-armed woman drops down next to you. Oost starts just enthusiastically, briskly walking next to you and says. Uh, are you intending to chase an airship? Yeah, I don't really have anything else to do. Well, there are many things to do. Do you need suggestions? No, I kind of was just going to walk that way. Mm, fair enough, fair enough. What are you going to do about the lava moat? Jump, maybe. Mm. I didn't plan that far ahead yet. Well, I How wide is the lava moat? Uh, couple football fields? Yeah, let's jump. <laughs> <laughs> just hot foot across, it'll be fine. Yeah, do I have like 17 times jump as opposed to just like double jump? Yeah, I think you could jump like nope. far enough that you couldn't get back. <laughs> <laughs> so as someone who dropped a spell and tried really hard to save you out of character, I'd be super annoyed if you just jumped in the lava. <laughs> Good, I'm definitely jumping in the lava then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she is walking beside you. She's pulled up a hood over her head. It seems like everybody in the town is too busy doing things to care about you two but she says you may not be able to catch the airship which i doubt you would be able to do anyway she like you look into the distance and now it's just it's just so pathetically outpacing you like it's so far away already and it's not even up to full speed kind of thing yeah but i know where it's going that's true she says my brethren will be here soon and they have a way across are you sure you would not like to wait I mean, I've noticed myself that your behind is in possibly perfect symmetry. <laughs> I would hate um, for it to be burned. Yeah, that that wouldn't be ideal. But how do they have a way across? They speak to the spirits. What are the spirits of the earth in flame, if not lava? Mm, yeah, I guess waiting is probably a better idea for once. Indeed. It's a shame that you're not me, because I'm going to jump across. Wow, way to rub it in. I, I did like you. Now I, I don't. She just, like, smiles super big at you. I was kidding. It is a little bit too far for me as well. Oh. I am going to have to hide as well. It appears I am in a hostile city at the moment. You don't happen to have a way for me to do that, do you? Um, do I? I don't think I do. I initially was going to hide inside the Unbreakable Temple, but then once my arm came off, she looks down at the arm that's gone. Uh, it seems I can no longer see the door if there was a door. Which there is not anymore because the Unbreakable Temple is gone. Well, there, there's lots of broken buildings, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, it seems like there's lots of broken buildings, and based on the death toll that just Dupe inflicted, there's probably a lot of empty buildings. Well, we, we could probably hide you in one of these somewhere. Oh, that would be excellent, if you do not mind. Yeah, oh, I shall help you. You only have one arm. That sucks, I would hey, imagine. I could probably still take you. I'm I'm sure you could. She steers you off into an alleyway. I told you we could think of something other than walking into lava for you to do. Right, right. So what are you going to do after all of this? Report back. I think when I meet with the masters again, they will say I've challenged the fourth pillar successfully. Oh, right. 
I forgot that's what you were doing. We should find a drink. Don't I always have drink? Do you have drink on your person at this moment? <laughs> I thought that was a thing about Dupe, is he always has one. Oh, <laughs> I feel yeah. like there sure. needs to be a plaque now that just says, Don't I always have drink? <laughs> <laughs> so, Dupe, you hand her a beverage, and she sniffs it, and is like, This is obviously poison. It's just dwarven. Just water it down with something. Oh, like- she pulls out a water skin and waters it down like 10 to 1 and drinks it and is just like squinting her face all hard. I'm glad I didn't have to challenge the fourth pillar again today. <laughs> <laughs> and we cut away from Duke. So you guys are hanging out with the king who is currently unburying his dead town folk. Um, someone else might want to step up since I've already said lots of things with my face. Now, how not dead am I? Now that you've gotten up, I'm assuming just for sake of mechanics, you guys have taken a short rest and gotten to the point where you are no longer dead. You guys can spend hit die if you want to. So between magic and medicine, you all are up and conscious and mobile. Hooray! Yay, nobody died, Galena says in the field of corpses. <laughs> yup. <laughs> so you guys stand on the side of the street, the king in front of you, and all the king's men, they're trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again and failing. Well, that is how the prophecy goes. Humpty Dumpty never gets put back together again, so seems like everything is happening exactly as it's supposed to. Yeah, except Humpty Dumpty is Black Hill. Well, I have a mending spell if anyone needs anything small put back together. That's a thing I can do. If I just use mend like a million times, I think that should be enough to fix everything. I think that would work. Probably take a couple years, but you could probably mend the entire city. Oh, okay. Well, then let's get started. I think there are some things immediately that you can mend, like beams that are about to collapse that men are able to hold in place, and you can mend them so that the parts of ceiling that are still up don't fall down kind of thing. Heck yeah. In all honesty, if there's anything within reach slash sight that mending will actually help fix, then I will happily jump in and fix it. So Eden is actually helping in the recovery effort, preventing more people from getting hurt as they go into buildings. What are the rest of you doing? I, well, I I will be still healing people. Like, I'll be going around adding medical aid to whoever needs it. There are certainly not enough medical professionals here, or healers, and... Everything you do seems like a drop in the bucket, but again, it helps. Sariel can also be doing the healings, and I have the ability to talk with plants. Depending on the exact context, it's possible Sariel could talk a couple trees into, like, leaning a certain way to help keep things from collapsing further. (laughs) Okay, you're all helping, and I believe... The goal over here was to talk to the king. And when you do help like this, it does seem like he gets not less sad, not less angry, but a little bit less frantic as he sees that there are other people around here who are taking initiative and doing what needs to be done without him having to yell at someone. Yeah, trying to pull him away from what he's doing seems like it would not be well received right now. At least, like, immediately try to get things slightly less on fire. So y'all spend the next hour to couple hours making things less on fire. And there are moments that amongst the horror that begin to let people have little glimpses of hope that are often immediately crushed by someone nearby saying, eh, it doesn't matter, there's a huge orc army coming anyway, when they find the one person who's alive in the rebel. 
I guess I will at some point interact and try and propose a solution to this impending doom of, of Orc Army. I guess as we try to assist the king, I don't know how much help he is since he's doing things with his eyes closed. He will suggest to him that in order to rebuild, not only is Kui useful in terms of politics or bargaining, they can use the remains of the dragon in terms of getting funds to rebuild the city. He looks over you and... What? The dragon. What dragon about it? parts are extremely valuable. Yes, but who are we going to sell them to when we are under siege? Your city didn't fall today. It's not going to fall tomorrow. If my scouts are correct, the army is one day away. It may well fall tomorrow. Me and my party will go and we'll meet with them. I feel that we might be able to find grounds for a truce. I know you regard them as your enemy, but if you were willing to allow them to live amongst you, they could help you rebuild the city. <laughs> amongst us. Tell them if they want this city, they can pay the price in blood. Just yesterday you thought the hobgoblins were on your side. Are you saying suddenly the orcs are our allies? Well, I convinced you the hobgoblins weren't and showed you the truth. I believe the gods did that. You don't think I had a hand in that? Me and my party? He puts his hand to his forehead and... Yes. But the orc demands have been clear since ages ago. They demand this land to be theirs and theirs alone. Well, I think we might be able to convince them. If you won't close the door on the idea, I think I can get them to come around to it. You may speak to them if you wish, but I do not give you permission to negotiate on my behalf. That's fair. Um, wait, what were the demand- the orc demands again? The, this is not like specific or written document, but basically their thing has been, you took this land from us, we should have it back, it's ours. You conquered this place and killed all our people on it. You should give it back to us. Um, okay. Let's say Galena shows up. There's no way you're going to survive another battle. I don't expect to survive another battle, but I think you will find that I'm not the unreasonable party here. If I said they could live peacefully under my rule on my land, they would slit my throat. That's why we need them persuaded as well. If you can persuade them to those terms, I will gladly take it, but they will not be allowed inside the keep whilst I am sleeping. Hmm. If my suspicion is correct, Your Highness, and that the Hobgoblins have, in some way, maneuvered them into this, you and the Orcs will have a common enemy, which I believe was the grounds for your original truce with the Hobgoblins, wasn't it? If, by any means, the Orcs were maneuvered into this by the Hobgoblins, the Orcs would be ever so pleased with their new allies, to have crippled their foe right before they struck. Let us meet with them. We might be able to make something happen. I am not stopping you. You already have your Avzal beast to fly you over the moat. Go. I hope they do not kill you. Gij will turn to the rest of the group and says, do we want to leave now or do we want to, I guess, take a night before we head out? That's definitely rest. Yeah, rest, please. It's alright with you, your highness. We'll set out in the morning. Is there any help we can give before then, before we must leave? There is more than can be done in a month for the people we have. Any help you can give will be appreciated, but it is not your place. This is not your home. If it spares lives, I think Saloon will want it. Then do what your god demands. Okay, I'm good. So the rest of you, do you just help with the rescue effort for the rest of the day? Yeah, yes. Uh, yeah, just just help helping out. I think at some point, Gij might find it hard to do without being able to see, and he might look on our side or any of the uh, ports uh, wizards to see if he can be unstone, or just at the very least, so that he doesn't have to continue to walk around with his eyes closed. <laughs> at first, you find a court wizard, and for some reason, you just can't find Connor. It's a big city, and there are people everywhere doing everything, and lots of people are being pulled away from the rescue effort to reinforce 
the areas of the wall that have been damaged, and you find a court wizard first who's looking at your eyes and saying, you're what? Stone touched? I don't think that's a real thing. And at some point you find Connor, and he proceeds to have someone hold your arms behind your back and try various materials over your eyes, and Mm -hmm. pretty much immediately he just wraps some cotton around your face and it seems like it works i could see through a cotton blindfold it's not very easy to see through but you can see it all and everything beyond it seems normal okay sure does he suggest any way for me to not be made of stone he says uh perhaps when you're not under so much stress when you get a moment to lay down okay i guess i'll see uh if it doesn't improve in the morning and then i'll give you a call You should take advantage of this right now for digging with your hands, though. I imagine that would be hell on your fingernails. But he's saying I should dig with my hands. Yeah, it would be much easier to do now than it would be when your hands are flesh again, hopefully. Sure, okay. Then I guess Yagish will assist in trying to dig and move things around because I made a stone clean one up. And I guess if I can, I'll try and see if I can speak to the stone. Will it to move? I doubt I could, though. But I don't know. Maybe the dragon did something. In a moment where you are moving stone and there's this one hunk of stone that's just too large and they're talking about how they're going to have to just break it into pieces with picks that you think for a moment, maybe I can talk to the stone and you get close to it, you put your hands on it, you start pushing it and willing it to move itself and you don't get words, but you get a feeling and it basically says no. Every single time you encounter stone, that's the reaction you get when you say hey stone move it appears that is antithetical to stone's attitude what was it that olo said he was doing to the earth with the tree he was convincing it to stay still though the tree wanted it to move i want to convince the stones to lay in a new way and be still you get kind of the same thing you're able to prevent some workers from moving stone that's already still but other than that you can't get other stones to move and lay down in a better way i'm i'm very new to speaking to stones Mm-hmm. I gotta find. A, I got. I gotta find the phrases and things they like to hear. Okay, then you do realize that you you have a new and exciting skill of dubious usefulness, which is basically make stones even more stubborn, make region harder to dig in, kind of thing. I guess at some point I'll communicate that to the king and tell him if he likes, I can try and help them set up barriers and fortifications. Well, if you are here and they begin to deploy siege engines, I will. Be sure to direct you to the correct section of wall. Thank you for telling me of your interesting new skill. He shrugs. So, you guys help throughout the day. It is, again, a bad time. Generally, the attitude is low. Dupe, do at any point you come out of hiding after squirreling Oost away? No. Okay, Oost and Dupe, you hide near a wall that has been damaged, but not so much that they are focusing on it, and it would be easy to just sort of skirt over it from your side. Because she informs you that when they come, you will need to make tracks for the bridge that they make across the lava. Okie dokie. And the next day comes. The sun sets, the activity continues through the city, and in the morning, at least the major streets are clear, mostly clear of debris and bodies, and you all step out of the building you bedded down in, which was an inn, not the inn you stayed at before, because that inn's smush now. And Laurie, Odette, and Connor meet you. So, are we gonna try to reason with the ebon snow? Hey, James, who was yes. stone? Who was flesh? Am oh. I still stone? When you wake up, Geesh, you're now fleshy. Full of fleshy bits again. Cool. Is there armor? 
is there half plate or full plate armor I can get my hands on? Not any extra armor. There are a bunch of knights who are going to be buried in their armor that you could possibly you know sneak it off them. As much as I'd love to, love to have that armor, I won't do that. Okay. Yeah. No. That's. I'm pretty. Sure, yeah. I guess we're gonna go talk to them. Connor, I have the suspicion that it was actually Sten who was supposed to unite the tribes. Mm-hmm. And oh shoot, what was his name? Grago? Grago Blackmoon? Yeah. Red Moon? Red Moon? Black Moon. I have the suspicion that Grago Blackmoon has some sort of fire moffet or something put in him. I think it would be useful, or rather, I think it might benefit us to have you along to see if we can't figure out if that's the case. Or at the very least, figure out what's happening with that. I could absolutely cast... Uh, resist elements on you, but I don't think I could, without a detailed inspection, really understand whether he is actually what Sten was, or if he's uh, artificially made. I don't know how to do that. Well, this Grago likes to think he's a great unifier. I mean, I know he wants to get this land back for the orcs, but he might like the idea of being an even greater unifier with what was his enemies. And if he's agreeable, maybe you can get a look at him. Oh, well, okay. I mean, do you want me to come with you, or do you want me to just cast a spell on you and hope for the best? What do you guys think? Always. E. Bring the buddy. What do you think, Laura? You think this is a good idea? It's as good an idea as any. I think it would be more effective to just convince King Solemn to retreat. Peace is hard, but a tactical retreat is much easier to sell. Well, do we want to try uh, explore that other option with the king before we head out? Now that they've kind of had a chance to take stock of the damage and see how many people are around? I don't think we'll be able to convince him, but it might be worth bouncing the idea off, off of him. And I wonder if Kui wouldn't be helpful. I mean, we haven't really had a chance to speak to her. If she has information, well, you know, we might be able to make a better choice. Lori pipes up. I think Kui is already being interrogated by the remaining paladins. Mm. I don't think they would mind if, if we took a couple minutes to talk to her. Should we go? He's not. And there's really no process or anything at this point to get to prisoners. There's a guard, and they send a guard to go ask the king, and the king says, fine. And you go in to see Kui. Kui is chained in the dungeon underneath the keep, with her hands chained to the floor and her feet chained to the wall. She is like a uh, crucifix on the floor, face down. (coughs) And she turns her head to the side, and there is a uh, sock in it. Hmm. Probably to keep her from making any incantations. That would be the uh, normal assumption a jailer would make. Okay, then. Who wants to talk to her first? Wait, are we all there? If we want to be, I would think. Yep. Oh, I thought that this was just you and lady friend. Also, just just for uh, Eden's elucidation, your brother is in the next room. Oh, boy. Might want to talk to your brother? Oh, that wouldn't know. That's a ridiculous idea. Gij waits for the uh, punchline in Eden's sarcasm. I'm I'm not sarcastic about anything ever. I don't I don't joke about things. It's not my style. Okay then. So, um, who wants to talk to Kui first? May I just say that the low watt jail lighting really brings out your eyes. She to just Kui? like moves her head and goes. Argh. No gige to you. I mean, I'm wearing a new blindfold, so I'd be surprised if you somehow did. Tell us how to get the fire moffat out of the orc. That thing. Um, as as I assume Zariel is, like, leaning on the bars and, like, frustratedly says this, Gij will walk in and crouch down and say, I spared your mother as well, and she's given me her word that she'll end this relentless war. Is there any information you give us about the orcs? Uh-huh. If I remove that, you might 
cast some sort of magic. Mm. Skeezy slow squatting, and he looks back at the others like, what do? Have we rested yet? Yes. Yeah, we got a night's rest. Okay, just take her, her mouth guard off. Ooh, I have an idea. It's probably terrible. What is yeah, the probably. What is the effective range on the uh, mic and its spores, James? Um, it's been indeterminate. It depends on what's in between stuff, and but like it's up to like a mile in open, clear land. Should we use the spores? Sure. Yeah, sure. Oh, I guess since I've had one minute in here, presumably, what is what is her what is what does know your enemy do? Oh, but it's only in combat, isn't it? Yeah, she's not doing anything. She's currently bound. You oh can't. no, it's outside of combat. Spend at least one minute observing and interacting with the creature outside of combat. She can't interact with anything. She's bound. Um, also, you've done this on Kui before, and she's uh, surprisingly beefy, but not beefy as you. Okay, then. I'm going to reach into the box and grab some spores. Actually, I probably still have some spores on me. And I'll tell... I'll sorry, I'll, you might want to cast Hold Person on me just in case something weird happens. I'm going to snort some spores. I'm going to give her some. Okay. You get uh, the general and excited hello from the mushrooms, and then you get a... She thinks we're interesting. Yeah, she does that. Ask her if there's any information she'd like to give us about the orcs. More so, Grago Blackman. She says he's a formidable foe in mind and spirit. Right, but he was a gladiator in your kingdom. You guys didn't put some sort of fire spirit in him and... Have spies run around pretending to be his friend, pushing him to this place where he could easily then attack your quasi-ally? Apparently, all he needed was a nudge. Can you give me more than that, so that we could continue to assist your mother in bringing an end to this war? Uh, like what? She seems confused. Gij will be relaying all this to the group so they know how the conversation's going, if they want to suggest things to him. This whole time, Kui is also being like. Does anyone want to add to this? No, you're doing I, you're doing I, a good I job. I got nothing. Okay. I mean, as he thinks these thoughts, he actually says them out loud so the group knows. He's, he'll say, "I honestly don't know. I have not had much of a chance to investigate that situation, so I don't know what people have done when it comes to nudging." She says it wasn't her job, and that she mostly oversaw Medina operations. You know, I think. There's something you should realize, Kui, in that, yeah, maybe you think I'm your enemy, but you and I want the same thing. You want to preserve your people's way of life. I am very much on that. I just don't want you hurting anyone else's way of life. Just as much as you're alive and here right now, so is your mother. If there's anything you know that could help, it would really go a long way. She wants to know what winning means to you. Winning to me is the one that means people get to live and choose how they live. She recommends that you convince the humans to leave. They know they can't win, and both Solomon and Grago have too much bad blood to compromise. You know you're probably going to die here, right? If they don't back down. You hear her, like, laughing into the muzzle? Mm, she doesn't think so. Why don't you think so? She thinks she's leverage, and that you're grasping at straws now? What does that mean? Well, the king is not going to give up this fight. And if this kingdom is destroyed, you're still going to be in it. He has no purpose for you if his kingdom falls. Um, she thinks the king is honorable enough that he wouldn't just execute a prisoner. And if Grago takes the king... He's smart enough to know that she is better as a tool. Uh, I communicate this to the rest of the group. 
waiting to see if they have any ideas. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get very much information from her. Uh, Gij will stand up and say, Well, your kingdom only needs one of you, and I've already spared your mom. He draws a sword. She can't actually see you. Um, I position myself so she can see me. She looks up at you and looks, uh, like, marginally surprised for a moment and just goes, Meh. What did, what did the mushroom say? She said, typical. Can I roll intimidation? I'm actually not going to do it. We know. I know, uh, but I know James. Yeah, roll intimidation. Dang. The rolls are with me today. I rolled a 21. Pretty succeed in my intimidation. You want to tell me how she looks at that, James? She looks at that and says, oh. and the mushrooms say, She says that she's ready to die. Uh... We we know we're not very experienced at this, but it seems like she's trying to give you honest advice. All right. He nods and he puts the sword away and crouches down and says, I wasn't really going to kill you. I mean, how dumb would it be to spare you and then kill you the next day? She just like rolls her eyes at you and you hear the mushrooms say like, Oh, oh, she, oh no, she, that was, that was very rude. We're not going to tell you what she said. <laughs> okay. Um, should we speak to Quinn, see if he knows anything? Yeah, he's just down the hall. Are you guys okay with that idea? Yep. Uh, yeah, as long as it doesn't take us too much time, because I kind of get the impression that time is a factor. That is true. You have been told that the army is coming tomorrow, and it is now tomorrow. They aren't yeah. here yet, but the walls are sort of looking at these uh, big smoking vents that don't allow them to see very far. Into the countryside, so they can't. The army could be right there and they wouldn't know. All right, we head over to Quinn's cell. Okay. He is not quite as securely tied up. He is uh, currently sitting against a wall with his hands shackled up, but it seems like he has some room to move them around enough to get them, like, to his mouth, and he is not gagged. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go talk to Quinn. So you step up to the bars. Quinn looks up at you and says, Hey, sis. Hey, so wait, real quick, how does he how does he look in general? A little bit beat up. He looks mostly sunburned and like maybe a couple people punched him. Oh, well, knowing that, um I guess that doesn't sound that bad. No, he seems hey, okay. You you look you look good. Um how have you been? How are you feeling? I've been better. Uh I've got to say I I didn't expect things to turn out like they did. The guards told me the empress was defeated, and so was the Nameless Hunger. It's... I don't see any reason not to tell you now. There are hundreds, maybe upwards of thousands, of warlocks in the Avzal. People who have turned to the Nameless Hunger for power, and it's been eating their culture. And she hoped to destroy it, and consume it, so it could no longer have access to our world, so she could lock it away. And only one of her divinity could do such a thing. Knowing now that she's failed, it's only a matter of time until she and perhaps the rest of the Empire goes mad. Why would they go mad? Have you never heard of the Cold Forge? No, we, we know about the Cold Forge. The oldest, most storied Dwarvish city, destroyed within a day, when the Nothing That Listens finally heard their last story? Above? So why... But the nothing that listens is gone. It's not gone. It's just further away. It still has tendrils inside cracks. 
and each person that swears themselves to it is an additional crack that it can see through. Oh, great. She she, she so tried for many years to kill them all, to, to crack down, to destroy them, but she found that, like many other things, that given an easy way, people will always choose it. She chose to cut it off at the source. And this mm. is what she told you? Yes. Well, Kui. Why is it that you hid this from me before? Why didn't you just come out and say it? Because it sounds mad. I, 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 I see now, especially sitting on the cold floor in prison, that this may have not been the best idea, that people may have took it the wrong way, but I still believe that it would have worked if we had done it correctly. See, my problem is I just don't know whether or not to believe that Kui was even being truthful. I don't really know what to think anymore. But now I'm a bit terrified, because if all of this is true, then we've got a whole nother set of problems. Yes, yes, you you have problems. I mean, they're not yours directly, but tangentially, secondarily, they're your problems, because when the Ofsal loses its mind, it will be bad for everyone else. Yeah, it, it's pretty much everyone's problem, unfortunately. But I guess now's not really a time to joke, is it? No, I think uh, we have more immediate problems. The lava moat wasn't meant to be a stationary defense. It was meant to be a, a one-and-done trap. It won't stop the, the orc shamans. They will be able to cool bridges across without any difficulty. Gentlemen, gentlemen, there's a solution here you're not seeing. Anyone? <laughs> anyone anyone yes. get the reference? As, as <laughs> Eden firebolts her own head. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> There's an episode of Rick and Morty when, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but basically, okay. like, the entire world goes to shit. An intergalactic economy is collapsing and nobody knows what to do. And so there, a bunch of aliens are arguing with each other over what to do mm -hmm. in the president's office. And then the president, the alien president is like, gentlemen, gentlemen. There's Kills a solution himself. here you're not seeing. And then he pulls out a gun and <laughs> shoots himself. Well, I was going to say, he starts to smile as Quinn releases information and then moves forward and says, Quinn, you have a choice. It may seem like you don't have a choice, but you have a choice. Have you told the king and his men what you've just told us? Yes. I Do mean, they believe not, you? Not the king, but uh, Ares, Lightholder. He's, he used Zone of Truth on me, but I was willing to tell the truth anyway. How did he react? Did he believe you? Uh, yes, they do believe that the city is lost, that there's no way to defend it because we are trapped and they are not. No, 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 no. Did you tell them that the Absol is doomed because of this monster? Oh, that part. They are dubious about that. I think they don't want to believe that the Absol had a legitimate reason to do what they did. Here's the situation. If we can make this happen, you're going to have a choice. You can either continue to sit here in the cell, or if they come to you and ask you for help, you're going to do everything you can to help keep this city going, or at the very least, help the king and his people evacuate. I think with that information, we might be able to hit the scales some. But you have to shake yourself with this dumb notion that you're going to be helping the Absol. You can't really side with them anymore. They're in over their head, especially after what we've done. I mean, there's nothing that I could do here that would affect them now. So even if I still do believe, it's a moot point. I mean, while we're at it, do you know anything about Grogo Blackmoon? Uh, I saw him once in the arena. He was very impressive. Do you know if he's been perhaps magically enchanted, fire moffed in him or anything like that? Any of his closest people were spies who then pushed him to become a unifier, a unifier? 
he appears to be preoccupied on the fire part, and he's like, spies, what? No, uh, but fire, uh, I suppose someone could be bound to a fire elemental. It would be very hard to make it stable. You'd think that they would just eventually burst into flame. Do you have any proof that the Absol is in trouble and that this was a way for her to try and save her people? How is there a way to prove that someone's stories, the things they tell themselves that keep them morally right, are being corroded? Well, I don't know. Maybe you had proof that what happened in the Cold Forge is happening with them. I mean, that's... Hardly anyone knows about the Cold Forge. Okay. It was only recently really dove into by Carter. Well, if the opportunity presents itself to help this king... I suggest you take it. Uh, yes, of course. Um, more question. Yes? You think that the king would retreat if a route were available? I think anyone seeing this loss of life would be willing to do many things to avoid more. Sorry, all thumbs ups. Can you make one for them, Mr. Magic Architect? I, yes. Given time, he looks a little unsure of himself. Well, you're going to have to put your skills to the test then. This will have to talk to the king. Okay. Did Eden want to say anything to her brother before she goes? Any final words? Okay. Um, you owe me $5. Not really. I don't know. I feel like I should have something profound to say, but... I think you owe me five silver is an excellent thing to say as you leave. Oh, okay. Well, if James says so. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't have to be profound. True. It's not like this is the last time we'll ever see each other. I mean, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Oh, hey, by the way, you owe me five silver. Bye. I, as you leave, he looks upset that you've so casually dismissed him. And you guys leave the dungeons and step back Ar out into the light of day. All right, Sorrel. I don't think we can convince the king, even though everyone says it's the right idea. You can give it a shot if you want. And I'll try and back you up on it. But I think after that, we got to get going to the front lines as soon as we can to talk to Grago. Hey, I basically just want to confirm with the king like, in person, that if that were an option, he would take it. Because then we can just go to the orcs and be like, hey, that's a sweet-ass land bridge you just made. How about you let this city evacuate, and then you can have it. That is an option. So you head up to the king. This time, he is atop the walls looking down at the city with his whole retinue, those that are left, and they appear to be making uh, plans with which to distribute troops and it seems like he's going to hold most of them in reserve in the center of the city because he doesn't know which direction they're going to come from. Do a girl. It's all you. It's not oh, all you all. Sariel is very much not a noble. Um, It's okay. I'm not either. And at least you were like raised around them. I literally drop trow and start dressing into armor in front of people. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. I thought the way you described the plan was pretty legit. Uh, I'm not good at the words tonight. But I'll just basically describe what Sariel would do, which is, um, as respectfully as possible, try to gain his attention and then just kind of lay it out. Like, would you be willing to retreat? This city is a hot mess and we need to save as many lives as possible. So if that were an option, would you be down? Additionally, hypothetically, if, you, if the only way were across enemies' bridges, would you trust them enough to do that? He initially is like, if retreat were an option... I would absolutely retreat. There's no reason to stay in a place where everyone will die, civilian and soldier alike, for no strategic value. If this would somehow change the tide of a later period of the war, I would say, yes, we will stand and die, but otherwise we are merely trapped here. As for 
if we would trust an enemy-held bridge, and I were to put my people's lives in their hands, it would be difficult. I, I don't see a situation in which I would believe them. You do have an alternative, Your Majesty. And that is? Uh, Quinn Milan, he possibly could create an exit for you and your people out of the way from the town. If you want to have your paladin hold him in a ring of truth to ensure that he is doing such, you could do that. Whether he's skillful enough to do so, I don't know, but it is an option. Shall I have your Connor and my other magi interrogate him as well to see if his plan is indeed sound? We're probably going to need Connor for uh, Connor to see if Grago has been magically compromised and if we can wrest it from him. Well, we can if we can secure an exit. May I ask you now, what does knowing whether the enemy leader is truly a demon or merely a puppet demon of the true enemy, what changes? Do you hope to sow dissension among their ranks? By knowing the truth, the person can make a better choice. And if Krago is as proud as he is, I think at the very least it would give him time. It would require time to reflect on this. What choices were truly his own? Mm -hmm. And... Perhaps that gives you time to leave, if that happens. Or, in the worst-case scenario, if fight does happen, maybe it falters his resolve. Very well. Take Connor with you. I will make do with the Magi I have. Connor, do you want to stay with them, or do you want to come with us? Connor looks like he's about to die with indecision. <laughs> he has a king that he very much wants to impress, and you, who he likes a lot. And he's like, oh god. Oh man, I I would almost knowing this, I would almost say let's leave Connor with him if it in game improves their chances. Connor, do you have any notes about this stuff? Uh, I'm evocation is a very basic uh, magical theorem, but it's not my specialty. Although perhaps uh, they would benefit from uh, magical fields to prevent the heat from burning them on the sides of the bridge, which I would be very good at. So um, he. Trips. I meant in terms. I meant in terms of helping them. I mean, in terms of the situation with, you know, being elemental touched and having an element bound to someone. I mean, you were studying me. Oh, uh, you would have to let me get close to him with my equipment uh, and examine him. I'm sure he would have to do it willingly, which would be maybe difficult. How quickly can you explain that to Eden? Uh, Connor pulls out a bunch of equipment. You name, You know the names, at least, of about like half of it, but it seems okay. like the other half is custom. Oh boy. <laughs> I impressive. And he starts to explain one to you. I want you to roll an arcana. Okay. No! 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 Adventure. Eden critically failed, as you may have guessed already, dear listener. Uh, Eden is sure she can use this equipment. Yeah, 100%. she is. Yeah, I'm, you I'm not go, stupid. Girl. I'm a I'm a smart lady. I'm capable. You, I can do this. This looks you're easy. You're a grown ass woman. Yeah, I'm a strong, independent this. woman. Don't need no instructions. <laughs> yeah, you can do it. Geesh flares his nostril and shoots a dubious glance over to Sariel as Galena is now encouraging this. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give Eden bardic inspiration. Yes, Hooray! which has one d six higher, but it's still a critical fail. You know what, um, <laughs> Connor? You stay with them. Maybe we can get Rago and the King to meet somewhere neutral, and then maybe perhaps you can assist us then. But you stay with the King. 
he nods, and basically this is the effect of the critical fail is Eden is taking the equipment with her, believing that she can use it perfectly. Great. All right, then. I guess we head out to meet the orcs. Let's go. All right, so you guys head out the north gate with your manticore and begin to ferry yourselves two by two across the uh, the lava moat. Mm-hmm. Okay, who's going first? Should we just roll initiative? No, nah, this is the decision you're making is who goes first. You mean in, in, in terms of marching orders? Yeah, you're going oh, two by oh. two. So the manticore has to go over and then someone has to come back with the manticore. <laughs> Take oh, one person, more person it? over. Did Dupe and Ust see us by any chance? Are we near them as we did this? Dupe, you definitely see a bunch of people outside the wall huddled around a manticore that starts like loading up. But you sort of notice it after probably the first people leave because you're not actively watching that. Shrug. Uh, you're still uh, waiting? I'll, okay. I'll say Gijvalden volunteers himself, and knowing Odette as well as he does, he asks her if she'd like to come along with him. And then she that way... thumbs up. Okay, so Gij and Odette will head over first to make sure everything's okay before the rest of the group does. Okay, you and Odette fly through the blistering updraft of smoke, eyes stinging despite your blindfold, and emerge on the other side, looking down onto a vast encampment of orcs and giants ready for war. Okay. What do you do? Do you land? Do you turn around? Do you uh, fly around and try to scope them out? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna land, I guess. Well, actually, while I'm up here, um, I mean, I'm sure they have some sort of magic that would hit us. I don't want the manticore to die because the first manticore died. I'm never gonna forgive you that for that, James. I'm never gonna forgive you for that, James. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I will. Do, can I tell which tent is Grago's or where he might be within relation to this encampment? Uh, make a perception check. I mean, more more likely than not, I'm just gonna land on the edge. I don't want to seem like I'm encroaching on the area, but I want to see if I can scope out where he is. I rolled a twenty in perception. You see one tent that is slightly larger than the rest and seems to have more well-armored people around it, and you assume that that's the commander's tent. Is it towards the area where uh, heading out of their encampment towards the city? The encampment is kind of stretched out along this lava moat, mm-hmm. maybe with 40 to 50 feet between it and the edge, and this tent is in the middle of the camp. Okay, then I guess we'll touch down a good distance away from the lava moat because we don't want to get knocked into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be facing the encampment. Okay, you drop the manticore, adopts a feral defensive stance, and Odette draws her bow. What do you do? And we'll wait. We'll uh, wait for the rest to come. Or are you saying the manticore is going to attack? The manticore is the only way across this lava lake. You have to go back and pick up someone else. Oh, okay. I'll have her go back and pick someone up. Okay, so you are standing there alone for a moment. Yes. And, uh, you know, several hundred orcs rapidly grab weapons and start advancing towards you. They are maybe 30 feet away and demanding something of you in orcish. I speak orc. You do? Pretty sure I do. I remember that being a problem last time. Yes, I speak civil orc. It's not quite right, but you can certainly hear some of them are speaking civil orc and they are saying, drop your weapons or we will kill you. Okay. Sounds like a terrible idea, but sure. You drop Um, your weapons? Sure, yeah. I, I lay down weapons and I explain. Actually, do I know there's giants amongst them, right? Yeah, not a lot. There's You can Are, see maybe like 12. Is giant, what is that? Is that orc or is that? It is a different language. Um, Would that be draconic? No, it would be giant. Okay. What I will do is I will place my blade on the ground and I will put my shield on my back and I'll raise my hands open to show I am not armed. And I will say, I come to seek an audience with Grago Black Moon in Orc. 
then okay. I also explain that the rest of my party will join me and that we are not here to fight. All right. That works. The moment you set your weapons down, they get less aggressive, although they do keep a wary eye on the wall as the Manticore keeps coming back with more and more people. Do the rest of you also agree to disarm? Sure, but I don't get rid of my... Oh, wait, hold on. Sure, but I'm not getting rid of my magic. Whoa. Yeah. Um... Not, not getting rid of the fact that I'm secretly a bear. Whoa. <laughs> I'm just a humble bard with my staff and my instruments. I don't do any harm. Use uh, it for tunes, bro, not for fighting. Roll a stealth check. Actually, no, they're going to roll versus finding your thing that you actually have a weapon or not. Can I roll deception? No, it's it's like, they would normally consider a staff a weapon. Uh, but I'm assuming that you have enough deception to sell that you're like, oh, I need this staff to do things, because I'm weak and feeble. I'm just a poor little dwarf girl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, should I roll stealth? No, no, no. This is their wisdom against your thing. Wouldn't oh, it be sleight okay. of hand? No, because it, it's just a hidden weapon. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It, okay. It's not how you hold it or anything. Sure. You get past, like, the first wave of soldiers, but beyond them is an orc with, like, a recently ripped-out eye with black skin, and it looks like he has bones coming out of his knuckles. Oh, they must have a necromancer somewhere. He just stomps down in front of you and points at Galena and says, This one brings poison in orc. It's just dwarvish ale. Can I roll deception? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's not even a critical success. You have way too much deception. So this Glenn, goes you over... Out, you gotta start lying more. This goes over really well in the camp. Basically, a couple of other orcs who also have an eye missing, like, come out and start making fun of him. Oh. <laughs> I feel bad for him now. And he keeps, like, proclaiming, like, no, 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 I sense poison. <laughs> But they get on his they get on his case, and by the time that gets resolved, you're well past them. Okay. <laughs> so mean. But you find your way to Grago's tent, where there are many more orcs who look like they've been raised in cities. They're wearing city-made clothes, they have city-made steel and armor, and he comes out of his tent wearing leather armor with a great sword across his back, and... He gestures around and he sits you around the fire. Pop pops down and says, I am Grago Blackmoon. Do you represent the city before me? You guys want me to answer the question? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, actually. We represent, I guess, neutrality. Or maybe Interesting. a way for a greater unification. Greater how? Uh, damn, I wasn't expecting to ask that. Do you mean greater in that you wish to be the arbiter of our negotiations? So that we need not kill all the way to the sea, that we may merely ask them to go home, and a bunch of orcs laugh around him. We mean to be the arbor of negotiations, so that no one must die. That is what I said. No. I mean, absolutely no one dies. Neither you, nor your allies, nor the humans. It's such a unification that everyone becomes stronger for it. You are bandying terms like strength and unity, yet I do not know you, nor what you think these words mean. He's um, very well spoken for an orc. Yeah, no, no, I get it. If anyone would like to join in, feel free. You should introduce. Do you want me to just? Should I just? Should you want me to just speak the dialogue rather than summarize it? Yeah. Also, you may want to agree on possibly out of character on what you're trying to convince him to do. Uh, a meeting with the king. Ah, okay. At the very least, letting them leave the city. 
that's that's basically Sar Sarge is like, you know, we didn't die. Let's just uh I got reasonably low expectations for this. Let's just continue to not die. Let's just sure. get them out of the city. <laughs> so I guess the idea is one, inform him that there is a situation with the hobgoblins that he may not be aware of, you know, that perhaps he's been manipulated. Though he might be rather prideful and not like the idea, but rather just explain the hobgoblins have done some shonky business. So explain the situation to the hobgoblins. Two, arrange at least for a meeting. And three, present it as a hard sell that perhaps we can convince the king to evacuate uh, in terms of, uh, and if they give him safe passage. But that's basically it's like, you know, when you're bargaining, you're going to go for as much as you can, then you settle for what you actually want. Okay. One thing before you start that I feel like somebody mm -hmm. would have mentioned at some point is. Just to, so you know, if you say, hey, the Avzal probably messed with you and you're not really what you think you are, you are right. in front of all of his people saying, hey, you're fake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah, so that's that why may I not go over the best. Right. So he'll explain that there has been meddling, but he won't necessarily insinuate he's less of a man for it or that he's been manipulated. Are you guys good with that? It, yeah. Sure. I don't think it would be bad to bring up that there's been meddling. It's just careful about it. Mm-hmm. What was the question you posed to me, James, before you asked out of character what our goal was? Uh, he wants to know. You're throwing, you're banding a lot of uh, buzzwords at him, and he mm -hmm. doesn't know what you mean by those. Um, so Gij will stand, remove his hat. Actually, would do would orcs bow to each other without is that how they show, would show respect? I think you can do what you think would show respect, and would proclaiming that he has honorably fought and fell orcs in battle would that also be a show of respect? Possibly. Do you want to roll a history real quick? Yeah, let me roll a history. Oh, I rolled a nine. You're not sure. Okay. Uh, so Gij will remove his hat and bow and say, I'm Gij Luspolt, formerly of the Empire, formerly of Medina, and now a paladin of Saloon. A man of many masters. Well, at the time, or rather, a man of no masters now. He shrugs. Uh, does anyone, everyone want to introduce himself, or should I just continue now that I've, I've introduced myself and just make my points? I'm important! Yeah, if you feel like throwing your name around would help, then you should absolutely do it. My name idea. is Galena, and I am a dwarven bard, and I play... No, music. don't tell me you're a bard, because they'll take away your instruments. I am an inst She is an instrumentless bard. Um, we recently lost all of our instruments in a tragic boating accident, so there will be no need to remove instru instruments from her. I'm all these instruments music. are ghost instruments. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, an actual introduction if you want to make it. I am the Lady Eden Milan. Uh, lovely to meet you. And now it is your turn to react with awe and amazement and worship. Grago I'm not really, stands. I, I wouldn't really say that. I wouldn't really say that. I wouldn't really say that. Regardless, Grago stands, steps across to you, picks up your hand, and places a gentle uh, kiss on the back of your hand, and and bows and steps away. Girl, I'm still right. Galena. Making progress. I am a renowned musician. You may have heard of me. If you wish, you may perform later. But for now, you should listen, so that you may tell the great tale later. Okay. He lightly nudges Sorrel with his elbow and says, Maybe mention the Vloville. I don't know. Maybe it's not a good idea. Say something. Sorrel would introduce herself as someone formerly of the Avzol and currently a druid with the Vil I can never properly pronounce Vlovel. my own people. Vlovel. Up to trees. At this point, you see Olo, Winter's Child, huff up from behind. Olo! I can vouch for them. 
Calming fire spirits is very difficult. <sighs> oh. A pleasure to Goodness. see you all. I want to say he raises his arms as if he's going to go embrace Olo and then stops two steps and like looks at Rago as if like, yo, wait, sorry, I don't mean to disrespect you, but I want to hug this dude. He just gives you like a, I don't care if you do that, shrug. Gives Olo a big hug. Olo gets crunched by your hug. You're a lot harder than you were before. Yeah, we could talk about that later, hopefully, maybe. Yes, anyway, they told me you were here, so I oh. came running. Galena just suddenly recognizes him. <laughs> um, I guess I will take my seat again, and he will explain. Would, would, would it be like Honorable Chieftain? Would that be the term for him? High Chief. High Chief Blackmoon, or Rago, I guess High Chief. High Chief, we would like to arrange a meeting for you and the king. The last time the Chief of Chiefs was asked to meet one-on-one -on -one with the opposing leader, he was slain by a demigod. Are there perhaps any unfortunate surprises in store for me as well? Seeing as we nearly slayed a demigod and spared them yesterday, I don't think that's the case. Oh, you must have interesting stories, but that should wait until after. At this point, oh, no. just so you know, Oost is looking over the wall and points with her good arm and says, They're cooling that section. We can make run for it now. It will hurt, but we can do it. All right, let's go. And the two of you break for the lava line, and a couple soldiers are like, hey, but don't shoot at you, because so far as they know, you look like a dwarf and a girl of indeterminate race. Mystery race. You hear someone yelling like, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it, see what happens. It hurts your toesies real bad, and for a lot longer than is comfortable. But you, you, you just high knees across that, and at the end, you surprise some shamans. Hello. But Oost basically just does a sweep sideways with her, her arm. Don't attack this guy. I got this. And marches you towards the center of camp. Doop, you will join the conversation in a moment. Ah, oh, I don't want to be part of this. <laughs> That's where she's going. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have I'm to go Oost. with her. <laughs> she just said you should wait to get across this thing until they come. She's not like, you have to come with me. Well... I'm kind of surrounded by orcs, aren't I? She informs you that she can let you go if you want. She knows you have something to do. Then what are they going to do to me? They will allow you to leave. You're not their enemy. Oh, hmm. Why is she going to the tent? I must make my report. Oh, I didn't realize you actually reported to people. I do not have to. I am outside his power, but I do believe in his cause. And do I know what that is? The reclamation of our homeland. Oh, yeah, I don't really want anything to do with that, so whatever. I do Orc not shit. wish to see more children starve. I hate politics. She just, like, nods as you're walking. I don't know. Well, do you need help going wherever you're going after you report to him? No, but I appreciate the offer. Oh. Were mm -hmm. I still on my previous path, I would come with you to fight the Empress herself. It seems that is your way now. Yeah, pretty much. I don't really know how to achieve that, though. That is troublesome. Mm, whatever. I'll just follow her for now. Okay, cool. You guys have sat down, still talking to Grago. You say, I want to meet with King. Do you want to roll a persuasion on that? Be like, hey, this is not a trap to get you into a one-on-one -on -one fight with a demigod. It's a trap. Would we know, or rather, would Yish know who that demigod he was referring to is? Hadrian the First, the uh -huh. namesake of the right, human empire. Right, right. Gotcha. He um, challenged the leader of the orcs to one-on-one -on -one combat in a, like, haha, I'm divine, get wrecked. Gotcha. Yeah, I guess I can roll it as a persuasion. Okay, and I feel like giving all your names has given you a 
diversity of of reputability from both your own names and the support of Olo Winter's Child. So roll an advantage. Okay. Is there any magic Saril can do? It would just make better? you Mez advantage. Oh, okay. Ugh, I rolled an 11. He says, at the risk of sounding like a coward in front of my men, I think I will not allow for more trickery from our enemy. Though... It seems as though something has gone strangely in the city. Perhaps you have trusted allies that you should not have. But we will allow the invaders to escape if they intend to flee back to their own lands. Okay. I guess Geesh will look to the rest of the group, see what they think. The king has expressed reluctance to cross bridges controlled by an enemy. Then let him make his own bridge. Do they not declare themselves superior in magic and knowledge? Would you allow them time to construct such a bridge and evacuate? He looks around, he looks to Olo, actually, and Olo gives him a very, very discreet nod. Grago turns back to you and says, You have a day. I expect the city to be empty by then. Anyone left inside will be forfeit. Who is all around us besides Olo himself and then the rest of the group? Are, there, are, are we in a camp? Are we in his tent? You are in front of a tent. You're in front mm-hmm. of his tent. There's probably about 500 orcs within hearing range of you guys. Mm-hmm. And the Sten Lantern is currently being carried by Dupe, yes? Nope, Dupe handed it to you guys. It oh, is now being held right. by Galena. Okay. Oh yeah, Zolo. What? <laughs> what? No, Olo. Olo. Yes. I wanted Olo. to show him the lantern. Oh, um, you, you just on the side show the lantern to Olo? Yeah. Olo looks at it, whispers to it for a moment, and the flames inside seem to dance around for a moment, and he says, what you say is true. He He should stay with us. He is blood brother to the chieftain. But he's also our friend. I'm assuming this this conversation is happening on the side. Yeah, I'll say as I was having the conversation, as Sarl and I were having the conversation, Galena was having the conversation with Olo. Galena, make a persuasion. Do you want to try to keep him? Do you want to say, no, we are more family than you? You should stay with us? I guess I failed. How, how fail? Critically failed. Can I deceive and say that he's my brother? <laughs> I think they might guess otherwise. So what happens is Olo is actually seems torn. He's not sure whether to take you away from one family to bring you to another is just as cruel, he starts to say. But as you are proclaiming that he belongs in your family instead, you actually say it loud enough for Grago to hear. And the moment he notices, he just stops talking to Gish walks over to the lantern and Olo and demands an explanation. And once he finds out that this is Sten, he turns back to Gish. This is my other condition. We will attack the moment the bridge is ready unless you hand over Sten. He is not to be a hostage. I'm He's not willing- a hostage! Gish will put his hand on Glenn's shoulder. I am willing to part with Sten if that's what Sten chooses. I know Sten is still within the lantern. I think you would find it respectful that a man gets to choose his own fate. Grago turns to Olo. Can you inquire? Olo looks at the lantern and whispers for a while and observes the flame for what seems like an interminable amount of time, but it's probably only like a minute. He stands and says, It seems that Sten can hardly perceive what is going on outside the lantern, only that he does not want to be used for ill. Grago turns to Gish and says, I can swear this, but he should be with blood family. You may have been his protectors and his allies, but we are kin. Gish flares his nostril for a moment, because he actually considered Sten to be something close, but this is not the time to get an argument about those sorts of things. Gish will say, I understand the terms of your condition and that he has taken your family name, 
as a brother. I would like at least a moment to confer this with the rest of my group as I feel they, they also saw Stena's brother. That aside, though, as you so astutely observed, something strange did happen in the town. And other than trying to broker peace between your party and, and the kings, we have come to also give you some information. He raises an eyebrow. Yes. There is a danger, a great danger, that threatens everyone, even your people. You have my attention. It might be best if this is discussed in private, though. Very well. Discuss the lantern with your people, and then we will go to, into the tent. Declare your intention of whether you wish to surrender Sten to his kin before we leave. The people demand to know. And there is a, a murmur of assent throughout the crowd. All right, what does everyone think? Sariel looks conflicted, but Sten did like them. They were yeah. Sten's people. I don't much like it either, but he wanted to be part of them. That was the choice he made. And if he can't make the choice now, I guess I can at least honor the choice he made before. Galena's just confused. Actual confusion? Yeah. She doesn't really understand, like, why he would want to stay with, like, his blood family. Well, but that's just, he like, didn't her. actually say that. He just said, I don't want to be used for ill. And then Grago said he should stay with his blood family. It's just Galena confusion. It can be ignored. Okay. Eden, do you have any opinion on whether Sten should be given up or not? It's hard. I see both sides. That's the worst way Eden's to look at things. Eden's just gonna just gonna grab the lantern and run. <laughs> scoot, Not really. Scoot, 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 scoot. Uh, give me a minute to think and come back to me. You should grab it and become invisible. Right now, it seems like Keish is okay with it, and Sariel is okay with it, and Amanda is not putting forth her opinion. Well, I am nothing if not a conformist. She's and not I, okay with it. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, yeah, it's. I, I feel. I. I know. I think I know where Amanda slash Galena was about to go with this. I am also not okay with it, but at the same time, I guess my gut feeling is to say that leaving him would be the objectively best thing to do right now. Ish okay. will respond to, I will say, Eden's uh, outward reflection. I also don't like this idea, but like I said, it was a choice he made. And if his wish, and I trust Olo, if his wish is to not harm anyone, I feel like he has a greater chance of not harming anyone in the middle of an army with someone who will respect his wish. While we do respect Sten, we are put in much more perilous situations where we would have to enlist his abilities to cause harm. Ugh, you and your logic. Gross. So gross. Alright, it seems like you have agreed. The lantern is left in Olo's care. And Olo, Grago, and a couple other shamans, and a couple of people who look kind of like they're dressed like Oost, step into the tent with you. And basically right as you enter and are all getting ready to talk again, Oost steps in, as does Dupe. Wait, is, is the lantern still nearby, or do yeah. they take it away? The lantern gets placed on a table. I would like to look towards Olo and Grago and say, please honor and respect him. Please look after him. And if you can, free him from that. Grago nods, as does Olo. Okay, so Dupin Oost has appeared. Oost looks at all of you, nods, and greets you politely, and then walks past you and goes to Grago and begins whispering furiously. And Grago's eyes widen a little bit, and he says, These words to come from anyone else's mouth, I would not have believed them. But it seems the Empress has truly gone mad. But I think you understand what I was going to say about that greater danger. Which greater danger do you refer to? The Empress and the madness that seizes her and her people. I agree, and we must be ready for it. For us to be trapped in the plains without supply or resource, we would be unable to stand against her. 
And while I once again understand your position, I chieftain, the Empress and her empire are considerable. And while I don't doubt you and your people would fight tirelessly, the king and his people are also now their enemy. Good. I would gladly let them escape. Let the other nations know that we are no savage. We do not slaughter those that do not wish to fight, but we will not tolerate them littling our lands that they killed our people for. Really quick, did Solemn kill any of his people, or was it generations before him? Uh, they've been killing each other since. Right, right, yeah, okay. So it's not like they um, killed them and then stopped. It's like they right, yeah, continued yeah. to do so. Endless turf war, got it. Bang, I was really hoping that the enemy of your enemy is your ally thing would kick in. Anyone else want to get in on this? Well, Gige frantically spins his hamster wheels trying to think of something else. I think we're good. We've secured a day to get them bridges going. I could play music. <laughs> I, I, think, I think we should just leave. Galena starts playing elevator music as everybody's thinking. Eden? Nah, I'm good. Okay. If possible, I do want to get a moment to speak one-on-one with Drago when it seems people are starting to leave. It's not really something you can do one-on-one. There's always like a shaman or Olo or someone near enough that could hear you as well. Okay, then. I think you shall say, I would like to impart one last bit of information, but I do not know if you would want that information known by anyone but yourself. Do you have those friendly myconids? They were quite good at imparting information. Geese nods, and then either I pull out some myconids from my coat or, or from, the, just from, the, from the box. In the darkness of the tent, you pull out a myconid, and he gets some powder on his finger, and like his bodyguards, these two hulking orcs, look really crazily at you while he's sniffing it. Like, if this guy dies, you're, you're next. <laughs> but he just sniffs it, and then you hear, you know, new user joins the channel. <laughs> I mean, even though it's going to lose some of its luster being said through myconid voices, he says, I share this information with... No disrespect, but I have heard from Hui, the daughter of the everlasting Empress Aramain, that the Avzal Empire has in some way, I'll say, directed your actions even after you were freed. He looks at you, judgingly, is saying out loud, it is good that you came to us. They will walk you back to the edge of camp and there you may fly back to the castle. But in your mind, he says, who was manipulating who when they gave me the power to do what I wanted in the first place? They are the fools. Um, Kish will then respond, I hope your allies are truly allies, and not spies. They were never allies. They were always my oppressors. And at this point, you were ushered out of the tent. Okay. And I'm gonna go into a kind of narrative cutscene, because you guys have successfully negotiated your way out of this, and this is the end of Season 2. You fly back across the lava moat, you meet with the king, Quinn is quote, released, with never less than four guards around him ready to stab him if he should get shifty. A bridge is formed via a degree of cold spells being cast on the lava, and Connor managing the heat that rises on the sides, and the populace of the town is evacuated. In the distance, the orcish army and their banners watch from afar and do not fall upon you, but take the city as you leave. The caravan of the remaining population that was still alive and Ovalik leaves, the camera sweeps up south and back in from the oceans to the docks of a mist-covered Ovalik, where a familiar warehouse is. The obsidian shard lies docked with Egan's cinder glass, 
Dunstan's old boss and Captain Basalt yeah. are surveying the unloading and loading of supplies. As the camera gets closer, the murmur gets louder until we hear Egan yell, How the hell is he supposed to come back to work if he's a lamp? <laughs> <laughs> From there, we slide along the street to the Velvet Curtain, where the Endicott siblings sit with Jimmy Tutos, Chiara's face now sporting tiger claw scars, and her brother Isidore looking somewhat bored as Ruby dances. On the street, outside the window, we see the alchemist Corintheb carrying a bundle of herbs, with Ray, the street urchin, trotting next to him with an equally large basket wobbling precariously on her head. In the center of town, in the temple of Pelor, the high cleric does a benediction over the townspeople, espousing loving thy neighbor, especially the neighbor who used to be your enemy. Deep below in the catacombs, Kite Stadler lights a candle over his son Uster's sarcophagus. In the Milan estate, we see Eden's mother gardening, carefully cutting one rose stem after a moment's contemplation, her father standing in the window leaning on his cane with one hand and reading a letter with the other, the royal seal of Umbria visible on the back of the paper, his face inscrutable. In the royal hall of the castle in Obelik, we see the prince, no longer blobby, but gaunt, his eyes hard as he points to the door, and a delegation of Avzal diplomats bows before turning on heel to leave. Up the road, the weather clears. Fields of freshly cut wheat surround Wickerham and the small fort on the hill. We see the barkeep preparing a stew for lunch. To the west, towards a copse of trees, is the herbalist, Libby, walking with a satchel of supplies, and shortly she arrives at a witch's hut. Inside, Wister is sitting in a comfortable chair, writing in her journal. Her familiar Hecate, a purring ball of white fur with swishing tail and a hammock of spiderweb near the ceiling. Libby says, Did you hear the news? And Wister responds, I'm a hermit. You are the news. In Hamel's Crossroad, there's a small noodle shop kitchen where two goblins are washing dishes, a small wooden statue of a cat on the shelf above. The chef leans through the curtain, depositing a stack of dirty bowls. There are no more customers. Sneak, suds, you may go after you finish. The goblins walk into the alleyway, and later, a man throws a rock and hits suds. After dragging her into a safe nook, Sneak pulls out a small cat face pendant, whispers over suds while making whiskers with his hands. From outside the nook, there is a glow. This may be a time for Winter to react. Look, I'm just over here being touched. I'm trying not to interrupt. <laughs> also, oh sh**, I think I accidentally a god. I'm going to keep going. In the Temple of the Crossroads, Brother Matthias and Mother Stint speak with Miss Nesbitt as she enthusiastically shows them various types of cloth. Matthias eventually interrupts. We are trying to change the image of the House of Stone, maybe something less ostentatious. Miss Nesbitt quickly moves her sales pitch towards simple patterns and materials and attempts to not look too dismayed. In Eden's lucky coin, the establishment is hopping, and the manager, Reiser Essen, is pushing a drunk halfling out the front door. We appreciate your performance, Efrain, but your services are no longer needed. Later, he subtly steps into a hidden passage, nearly running into a shot. She says, Bad Batch says they broke into a deep tunnel below, and should have more than enough room to spread out. Good thing, too. They're damn unsettling. Elsewhere in the city, Clara Kalin, with a number of soldiers, knocks on the door of a fancy building, barges past the reception of a nebbish scholar, and confronts an elderly hobgoblin. Tobias Cool, you're under arrest on suspicion of distribution of a harmful substance and conspiracy to upset planar balance. From there, the camera swoops up to the ruins of Wodenkirk, that are now a thriving camp with a great forest of saplings around it full of craftspersons, elvish, human, and goblin. Amongst them, a young elvish warrior and a sweaty dwarf look up from their tasks, 
to the sound of a minstrel playing the first verse of Snuffles and Truffles. Wistful smiles on their faces. Yeah. <laughs> In the Vale to the north, a moss-headed elvish child runs through the trees, stripping off clothes and jumping into a small pond with a rock that could, if you were bored and squinted, look like a frog. She recklessly splashes around, startling birds and other animals. The camera momentarily focuses on a hustling hedgehog with a shrew hot on its heels. The girl shakes out her hair as she emerges from the water and sees a snake swimming through the water near her. She grabs it by the tail, swings it above her head, and squeals, Bye-bye, snake! and hurls it into the underbrush. Oh my god. Precious! Elsewhere, an ominous-looking tree surrounded by fresh saplings is assessed by a dour elvish woman. Alana Ash holds out a hand, and a small bird alights upon it. Tell Archdruid Bronwyn that she has made the right choice. And the bird flutters away. Somewhere in an unimaginably long feast hall of reds and yellows, the creature you knew as Greasy Sal, now almost unrecognizable in his fine raiment, Baron Salmonius sits at the right hand of the Lord of Autumn. Further north in the natural world, deep within the cold forge, a dull bioluminescent glow illuminates the silhouettes of mushrooms, one of the smallest with a chip in its cap. They sway, and through the perception of tendrils through the tunnels, they hear a voice screaming into the darkness. I, Zelnerath, the reborn, the yes! resplendent, am a being of unassailable greatness. My minions have twice defeated the nothing from beyond. Best character. Yes, and you, his minions, are so successful. Iria was his bud. <laughs> you guys got along somehow. Halfway across the world, the camera looks straight up, and we see a white line snaking its way through the blue sunny sky, and we pan down to see a heat shimmer, then a bright hot stretch of sand where kobolds lay haphazardly in a line as a priest goes slowly from one to the other, removing their masks. To the south, ahead of the heroes as they leave Black Hill in the city and the farmland surrounding it of the Sanguine Fields, we see Eden's childhood friend, Avery Galahad, is up to her knees in muck, trudging through a field with numerous skeletons and zombies in front of her and a small militia behind. The one leading the militia, unbeknownst to her, is the one, the only, Bogart, the zombie bane. And as they begin to cross the distance, Bogart sidles up next to her and says, You don't seem big on bragging, Lady Avery. And she responds, I'd rather not have the attention. He smiles and looks forward, drawing his sword. Well, I guess that leaves me to tell our story. I'm right behind you. Further to the south and to the west, in the center of the Midland Sea, we see a familiar ship, the Gibraltar, where in the captain's quarters, a hairless hobgoblin captain, Ghazi Coplia, is entertaining. A young woman, modest and plain, named Taval Tanlet, attempting to inquire about an axe in her possession and whether he may buy it, which she consistently avoids, as well as his advances, continually exclaiming that she must just get away to somewhere where no one knows her or what she has done. You guys have any NPCs? I just have like a horse, so I don't have to walk to this little crowd by myself. <laughs> <laughs> We see as the camera is panning away from the massive pillar of smoke that surrounds Black Hill down the road towards the ragged line of Umbrian survivors as they march south with our heroes aiding the infirm and injured to the rear. In the chaos of the evacuation, the dwarven warrior dupe is nowhere to be seen. We swing to the east and see a lone figure plodding through the broken black rock. 
eyes fixed on the horizon, though he can no longer see the amber dawn. Godslayer thrums and glows in its harness, its oath only half fulfilled. And in the distance, he sees a farm, with some unattended but sturdy-looking ponies. And without a second thought, he mounts and Ray. rides south. <laughs> we cut to the center of the Avzal, an idyllic villa on rolling hills covered in vineyards. As we zoom into the window of this villa, we see inside Maltish having dinner with his daughters. When a rider approaches, knocks on the door, and proclaims when he opens it, Maltish, you are needed again. And with that, we will wrap for the evening. was the end of season two guys i'm clapping i can't i can't do it while i'm pushing down because i'm using to talk but i'm clapping <laughs> this feels like the part at the end of earthbound where you see or rather any jrpg where you see all the characters have done a thing well, i suppose that happens in movies too yeah that's a part yeah of... that was that was an awesome ending you clearly put yeah. a lot of thought into that james it's something that i really like in a lot of stories where you get to see all the people that you've dealt with like, I hate it when you save the town and leave, and then you're like, well, I, I hope they're still alive, because I never saw them after that. Right. I, I, I enjoy this more than Fallout's little, like, here's what happened to this character, because Fallout does that. Mm. But I felt this was more impactful. Well, this time it was really your character doing it. Yeah. So, for all the listeners out there, we are planning on having an indefinite hiatus possibly coming back at the end of May. The primary reason is that I, James, am in the in-stretch of my master's program, and I don't have time to keep up with even, like, a once-a-month schedule. It's been harder and harder to schedule us all together now that I'm so restricted, so we may do some smaller projects or one-shots in the meantime, but that's what's going on. Yeah. I'm looking forward to playing in a game run by Molly <laughs> or Winter. No, that is not a thing that's going to happen. And if it does, it will be terrible. Not not if Winter runs it, but <laughs> if Molly runs a game, that's that would be so so bad. Oh come on, Miss Miss uh, Game Design Scholar, you got you got to at least run one game. Uh, yeah, I think you will regret making me do that if you were to make me do that. We can do it and then just only put it on for Patreon subscribers and people will be like, oh, if it's behind a paywall, it must be good. And then we'll be like, ha ha, it's not. <laughs> Pretty, <laughs> ha ha, so joke's early. on you. <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of Patreon, if you are currently supporting us, I will completely understand if you want to withdraw that subscription. But we're going to leave the Patreon open because it costs money to just have our episodes on the internet and... It's nice to have that cost covered so we're not constantly out of pocket just to keep things up. And also restarting it later would be annoying. I think next week we are going to drop a little out of character episode to have people gripe about how mean I am and how I said I wouldn't put them through another politics heavy game. And then I was like, haha, politics heavy game, get wrecked. <laughs> hey, James. Mm -hmm. You killed the fucking Mancore. <laughs> and I turned you into <laughs> a rock man. I'm sorry. And then you, and then I got eaten by a dragon. Chomp. That was good. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>